0: Well my friends, it's Jerry Adams here, and I thought I would talk about the 12th in this podcast. You know, the 12th didn't take place on the 12th. The Battle of the Boyne was actually on the 1st of July. But anyway, we'll come back to that uh, later. A day or two ago, when I said to some of my friends that I was going to do a podcast about the twelfth, I asked them, Well, what would you think about sang somewhere in songs? And the answer was no. And that's understandable. Some of these songs are very, very sectarian, are hatred, infested, and really are not acceptable. But I first came across or in songs away back in the day when I came across the writings of Richard Hayward. And he wrote a number of books about Ireland, about Irish folklore, about Ulster itself and the sense of the name County Ulster, and I still remain very, very fond of his uh, writings. And that's where I came across the such. It is old, but it is beautiful, and the colours they are fine. It was worn a derry, a harum, and a skillen, and the boyne, So me father wore it as a youth, and bygone days of yore. And it's on the 12th, I love to wear the size my father wore. So, anybody offended by that, either by my singing or by my singing this song? Apologies in advance. You know, the 12th of July, the lockdown of everywhere. The strutting triumphalistic uh, marches, particularly in Belfast, as opposed to the more orderly uh, day out summer festivities in, in some rural areas, have to have a place in the Ireland of the future. You know The Orange is one of our national colours. The the tradition of Orangism is not perhaps something that any of us will appreciate, but it's there nonetheless. And on the basis of equality, we we have to make space for all of this. And at the same time, there can be no space for hatred or incitement to hatred. But let's just look at some of the facts around the 12th. The Battle of the Boyne, as I've said, was actually held on the 1st of July, 1690. It was part of a wider European war. They, They just used Ireland, King Billy and the Pope on the one side against King James and the King of France. They just used Ireland as one of the sites of their war and the Pope Innocent, Maria, supported the Dutchman King William after the English Parliament sacked King James and invited William to take his job. The Pope paid part of King Billy's expenses and when news of his victory at the Boyne reached Rome, a Te Deum was sung in the Vatican in celebration. So in reality, the Twelfth celebrations have little to do with religion, though many orange men and women are both religious and decent. Others, infamously, are not. They know the Twelfth is about power and domination. And in its day, the Orange Order was the backbone of Unionism. It was the spine of Unionism. Most business people Almost every unionist, politician, judges, senior RUC officers were members of one of the Loyal Orders, the Orange Order, the largest one, or the Apprentice Boys, or the Royal Black. And it was essential in control of the political system the gerrymandering of the electoral boundaries and the domination by the Ulster Unionist Party of the North for over 50 years. The Orange Order was essential to the control that that party exerted. It facilitated sectarian political and economic discrimination against Nationalists and Catholics. And it's not for nothing that the North was known as the Orange State. And even to this day, even though I have spoken to many Orange men over the years and had good relationships with them and enjoyed that, those relationships yet, it's, it's still a matter of deep regret that the leader of the Orange Order, the leadership of the Orange Order will still not meet meet with the President of Sinn Féin, Mary Lou MacDonald, in the same way as they refused to meet with me when I was in that position. The Order was, was founded by the English and Protestant ascendancy in 1790 in Ireland as a counter to the United Irish Society which was seeking independence from England. And and its purpose was to defend England's colonial presence, to hold on to and to, to defend the settlers and to divide people. And for, I suppose, much of the earlier part of the 19th century, its fortunes waned. It was actually banned for a time by the English. However, with the growth of the Home Rule campaign for Ireland in the second part of the 19th century, there was a resurgence of the order. And this was encouraged by those who wished to maintain the union with Britain and who saw the sectarian violence of the Orange Order as a way to stop Home Rule. And since then, the triumphalistic marches of the Orange Order have frequently been a source of sectarian strife. In August 1916, it was a, a march by the apprentice boys in the walls of Derry which led to the Battle of the Bogside and to the pogroms in Belfast. The following year, 1970, in my home place, it was an Orange March on the Springfield Road in West Belfast which led to the first serious confrontation between Nationalists and the British Army. Now, this year, the COVID 19 pandemic forced the loyal orders to cancel their large annual July the 12th demonstrations. However, one tradition that was maintained was the lighting of bonfires on the 11th night. And some of these are huge. It is totally and absolutely unacceptable. The Orange washes their hands off them. Most unionist politicians wash their hands off them. In fact, many Unionist politicians uh, are photographed before uh, these uh, big bonfires, including those which borne uh, posters of political opponents, of Sinn Féin and others, and also which contain big, uh, I suppose, epigages of people who the Orange see as the enemy. The Irish national flag is burned regularly and the sectarian slogan, K-A-T, which stands for kill all Tigs," in other words, all Catholics, is regularly displayed in bonfires. In fact, this twelfth or this eleventh night, in one incident in Eudinabwe, a children's bonfire had K-A-T burned out, and in Bangor not to be outdone, an anti-Black Lives Mother's slogan was burned on a bonfire and others had slogans and uh, provocative messages about the recent death of Republican leader Bobby Story. So this is this is vast, this is the unacceptable, not only are these bonfires environmentally uh, damaging. Not only did it disrupt life for the people in the community, but I I just couldn't imagine. Just couldn't imagine anywhere else on a public thoroughfare where a group of people would erect huge uh, bonfires. I couldn't. I couldn't imagine it happening on the Malone Road. I couldn't imagine it happening in Grafton Street or O'Connell Street or even any of the great thoroughfares of London and, and other places. So there is a job of work to be done about making a stand. And thankfully, those orange marches, which used to parade into neighbourhoods where they were most unwelcome, have more or less uh, ceased because local people stood up uh, against them. So we equally have to stand up against sectarium in all its forms, in all its forms, but the, the, even the more insipid form for this, open, provocative displays of sectarianism have to be uh, prevented. And you know, the, the position which the Ordnance used to have, where it gave Unionists a sense of superiority, of cohesion and of belonging, of being in charge. That that has all ceased. That is, that is changing. With the social, the political and the demographic changes, the sectarian certainties of the past and the domination by the orange of the past has gone. We've seen the future. It's definitely not orange. But orange does have a part and a place in the future. So, thankfully, the 12th this year passed without serious incident, although there were some. Let's continue to try to talk, to listen to the Orange, that stand against sectarianism, that seek to end it, to break down uh, the prejudices, and to recognize that this is probably one of the biggest challenges facing our society today.